Good morning, Cornerstone Church, and I hope and I pray that despite all the circumstances, you have had a lovely Christmas time, and I want to wish you a happy new year. Welcome to 2021. Now, if you've got your Bibles, please turn to Psalm 146. I'm going to be reading the whole of the psalm, Psalm 146. Let's read. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. Put not your trust in princes, in a son of man in whom there is no salvation. When his breath departs, he returns to the earth, and that very day his plans perish. Blessed is he whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoner free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the sojourners. He upholds the widow and the fatherless but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, to all generations, praise the Lord. Now, folks, 2020 has been a year which none of us expected. It took us by surprise. It, it has disorientated us in so many different ways. It's brought national disillusionment in all different, different ways. Mental health problems are through the roof. See, I think it's fair to say that 2020 has changed the world. Not to mention all the personal struggles and sufferings that many have faced during this year outside of COVID. And as a church, it's been difficult. We've not been able to meet for over nine months Yeah, Some of us were able to meet on Christmas Eve but it's not been the same. We've had enough of Zoom and we just want to sing, don't we? And we just want to hug each other. Now with all of that, with all of that of the reality of 2020, there is a massive temptation for us to say that 2020 was a complete write-off. To, to get 2020 and put it into room 101, to forget about this year altogether as quickly as possible. But folks, I've said this many times during the last nine months, that 2020 and the coronavirus, the COVID-19 situation has not taken God by surprise. And God, who is sovereign over all things, is working his purposes in and through this difficult situation that we find ourselves in. It's not taking them by surprise. So as Christians, the right thing for us to do, even in the midst of looking back over 2020 and seeing all the difficulties that, that year, this year has brought, it is right for us to look back over 2020 and to see the evidences of God's grace. Folks, it's by the grace of God that we should be living. It's, it's the grace of God that should be the, the tone by which we live our lives. It's the evidences of God's grace, even in the most difficult of circumstances, should be the things that give us the, the wonder of joy and hope that is only found in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me, let me share a few with you. This year, the gospel community leaders of Cornerstone Church, of which I'm talking probably to all of you now, they have stepped up into leadership 
And I know many of you have been cared for and loved and supported during this time by your gospel community leaders. What an evidence of God's grace. The Kids Church team have tirelessly served our children every single week through Zoom calls. Folks, you think Zoom is hard in a gospel community? Just try and do it with a gang of children who are playing with the background, who, are, who, are, who look like they're not engaged. But our church team, kids' church team, has tirelessly served our children every week with Zoom calls, sharing the gospel with them. Every single week during this time, the Boulder youth team have either in person when they've been allowed or on Zoom have sought to, to serve and to encourage the young people of not only Cornerstone Church, but also the young people of the Cornerstone Collective. And they have tirelessly worked as kids are struggling on Zoom, are, are, didn't want to jump on, they're seeking to love them and care for them. The Little Pebbles Tots group have provided an opportunity for parents and toddlers, predominantly mums and, and, and young babies to come and to, to be with each other, for the, to allow their children to, to, to engage. And that uh, intervention, that wonderful opportunity has helped to build relationships with people who don't know Jesus. Folks, during 2020, I believe that we have prayed more together as a church. Do you recall during the first lockdown and in the second lockdown, we had daily prayer meetings of which many of you jumped on just for half an hour to hear from God's word and to pray with one another and to beseech the Lord. We have prayed more this year than I think we ever have as a church. The Cornerstone staff team have worked tirelessly, folks. They've worked so hard to ensure that each Sunday we have an online service. They've been creative with, with, with interviews and Aussie and Elbow and lots of different ways to, 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 to try and engage and to encourage us in the Word of God. Folks, you don't realise the work that these guys have put in, not only for the online service, but other training opportunities. And during the first lockdown, many of them were ringing all day, every day, specific people to make sure that they weren't um, isolated and to make sure that they had everything that they needed, one, to get involved in the life of the church, but also for practical needs. The team has worked tirelessly. By God's grace, during 2020, we have been given a new building of which I'm in. What a blessing. We've got a lot of work to do, but God has provided us a building that will be great for us to reach the community and to reach Liverpool and to reach the region with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, we've appointed four new elders, godly men who have godly wives that are, who are committing their lives to serve God's people here at Cornerstone Church. Liverpool, pray for them. You're going to be seeing them over January and hearing from them. Some of them will be sharing, leading and, and preaching on the online services. Folks, we've seen people get married even in the midst of the disappointment of not being have, having large wedding receptions or even a large wedding service, people have still been able to marry and we've seen that happen at Ramley's Road Chapel and we've seen that at the Wirral as well. Folks, we have seen babies born this year. Babies born. And, and some of those babies have been prayed for for years. What a blessing it is to see these married couples bringing new life for some, their first baby, for others, second and third. What a blessing it is to be part of a church where babies are being born. What an evidence of God's grace. Folks, even in this difficult time that we found ourselves, even though we've not, we've not been able to meet specifically, people have been saved. 
through the, the online services, through Christianity Explored, through the Zooms in, in gospel communities. People have been saved during this time. What an evidence of God's grace as we think, what a write-off. That's not a write-off. People have come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Not only have people been saved, we've seen people get baptised during this time. And folks, during 2020, we have planned, prepared, and in two weeks' time, we will launch our third church plant, Hope Church Kensington. Praise God. Praise God. Despite the difficulties of 2020, look at the evidences of His grace. Look what he has done. Look what we have been allowed to be a part of, to, to, to have engaged in the love and care of others, to see God's hand at work as he saves people, as babies are being born, as buildings are provided, as churches are being planted. Folks, 2020 has been difficult, but God has been at work in and through our church family during the past year. This is reason to praise. This is reason to praise him. And folks, and what we want to do over the month of January as we enter into 2021, we want to spend five weeks looking at the last five Psalms of the book of Psalms. Now the book of Psalms are, are full of Psalms of lament, the reality of human feeling and human emotion. And they are a book of psalms which are psalms of praise and the tone of the book of psalms is like is like something that one minute it's up and then it's down up and it's down and it just deals with the reality of the human experience but as you get towards the end of the book of psalms it seems to ramp up and lots of the psalms seem to be about praise 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 lifting the head of those who sing and read the psalms to look at the God who is worthy of our praise and as we enter into 2021 we want to be looking at these psalms and reminding ourselves of why we have reason to praise not only because of what God has done but also because of who God is and the first one we're going to look at today is psalm 146 and there's a few things I want us to see the first thing is this verses 1 and 2 that there is an invitation to praise have a look at it praise the Lord praise the Lord come and praise the Lord the psalmist says come come and sing with me come and praise with me come and worship with me come and praise the Lord come and praise and make much of him come and join in the praise it's an invitation, it's an exhortation that is declared. It's an invitation to all the people who are hearing, come and praise, hallelujah, come and praise the Lord. Now, a word about praise. A word about praise. To know God is to praise him, and in praising him, you make him known. To know God, if you know him, you will praise him. And in your praising of him, you will make him known. Now, folks, the praise of singing and singing about how good God is, that's easy. Now, I know for some of you it's not. I, I appreciate that and, and the fact that you don't like to sing or you can't sing or you're a little bit self-conscious. 
but actually singing in the reality of our situations as we step into a church building more often than not and we have the music being played well and we're able to sing the songs actually to open our mouths and to praise through singing about how good God is is the easy part of praise but praise is not just about singing praise is also about telling others about how good God is it's about telling all people about how good God is those who are responsive but also those who are hostile see praise is about singing but praise is about declaring how good God is to other people, those who are responsive and those who are hostile. And praise is also about having a life that backs that up. That's why the response in the psalm to the invitation to come and praise the Lord is written in the way that it's written. Have a look, verse 2. It says this, I will praise the Lord, O my soul. The response of the invitation is someone saying, yeah, I will praise the Lord and I will praise the Lord, oh my soul, from the depths of who I am. See, I will praise the Lord as long as I live. Every moment, in all ways, with all of my life, I will praise the Lord. And I will sing praises to my God while I have been. Whilst I have breath, this will be my song and priority. See, the invitation of, of the psalmist here isn't just come and sing with me a couple of songs before we hear from God's word. Come and sing with me a song because we need to fill a little bit of time. Come and sing with me because we're at the end of a service. No, the call to come and praise the Lord is a call for you to come with all of your being, the depths of who you are, to praise him in every moment, in all the ways, in all ways, with all of your life. And whilst you have breath, let this be your song. Let this, the praise of the Lord, be your priority. We see firstly in the Psalm 146 an invitation to come and praise the Lord, to know him and also to make him known. Come and know him, praise him and make him him known and the rest of the psalm gives us reason why we should praise the lord see we we see there in verses three and four a warning we have an invitation in verses one and two and in verses three and four we have a warning and what is the warning don't put your trust in people it says there put not your trust in princes I don't think it was talking specifically of, of, of Prince Harry or Prince William or, or, or Prince Charles. No, it's talking about not putting your trust in people of influence. Now, the psalmist here is not promoting a self-centered approach to life. No, 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 he's saying don't entrust all your hopes and desires and your salvation in influential people, people that you may look to or look up to, people that you think may be living lives that are better than yours, or even Christian lives that are better than yours. The warning here is don't put your trust in people like that. Why, verse four? Because they die. They die. 
You're putting your trust in somebody, yes, who may have some sort of influence. Yes, who may be able to open some doors. Yes, who may be able to give some sort of platform and to, a, to an element, some sort of assurance. But the warning is don't put all of your hope and your desires and your salvation, your trust in those people. Why, verse 4? Because they will die. And not only will they die, their lives, even when they are living, are heading towards death. Their decisions, their influence, their gifting is marked by death. It's marked by death. Now, folks, I want you to hear this. The psalmist is not saying it is wrong to be influential. There are many people who have influence over others. And, and, and folks, that influence can be wrong, but often that influence can be good. What he is saying is don't look to them for your salvation, for your hope, for your joy, for your assurance. Now, throughout the Bible and throughout history, God has, we can't forget this, fulfilled his purposes through the means of human agency, through people of influence, through people who have had influence on others in all different ways. And I know for all of us, for all of us, we are thankful to God for the people that he has put in our lives, for the people that he has fulfilled his purposes through for our good. See, it was people who prayed for me and I became a Christian. It was somebody that opened the Bible and, and read it with me. It was my parents that showed me the Lord Jesus Christ. These were people of influence and I am thankful to the Lord. And God has placed people in our lives to have influence and for us to follow. And that is good and that is right. But folks, true Christian influence is exercised in telling people not to put their trust in them, but rather to put their trust in God. Put their trust in God. God wants us to be thankful for the people that he has used for his glory and for our good. But the people of good Christian influence would say, don't put your trust in me, but put your trust in God. Folks, trust the Christian leader. Trust the person of Christian influence who says, don't trust me. Don't trust me. Now I want to encourage you, be thankful for these people, but please don't put your trust in them because they are only human. They will fail and they will die. It tells us there. When his breath, verse four, departs, he returns to the earth and on that very day, his plans perish. See, now, not putting our trust in princes, in influential people, means that we can deal with it when they do let us down, when they do die, because they will. They will let us down, and they will die. And folks, when people walk away from God because of other people letting them down, it is often a sure sign that they were never walking with God, and that they had put their trust in the people who had let them down. Folks, people will let you down. The people that have had influence over you, the people who have influence over you, the people that you love will let you down because they are only human. And their lives are tainted by brokenness and sin and death. And one day they will die. People will let you down. So the warning is don't put your trust in them. Don't put the trust in them that should be put in the Lord 
that we are called to praise. A warning. And this is why. Because verses 5 to 10 shows us the one that we should be putting our trust in him. It says there, verse 5, Blessed is the one whose help and hope is in God. More than happy. More than assured. There is great joy and great hope. Blessed is the one whose help and hope is in, verse 5, the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord of God. Look at who he is and what he has done. This is what the psalmist does. Blessed is he whose help is in the God of Jacob. Look at him. Look what he does. See, we see there first, he is the creator. We see it in his creation. We see that there. Blessed is he whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord of God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in there. See, we see, see the contrast between the princes, the influential people. They will die and they will return to the earth. But the God in whom we are blessed when we put our trust in him is the one who created the earth. But not only the earth, heaven as well, the sea, and all that is in on the earth and all that is in the sea. See, put your trust in him who is the creator of all things. Blessed is the one whose help and hope and trust is in the, God, in, in the God whose character is displayed in this. Have a look at it there. Verse 6. A God who keeps faith forever. Folks, we can put our trust in God because he's trustworthy. He will always keep his end. He will always be faithful. Verse 7, we see that he executes justice for the oppressed. He is a just God. He always does what is right. He always exercises his reign and his rule in the right way. He feeds the hungry. He sets prisoners free, those who are bound up. He opens the eyes of the blind, verse 8. He lifts up those who are bowed down. He watches over the sojourners, those who are traveling through, verse 9, who don't have a home, and he upholds the vulnerable, the widow, and the fatherless. Folks, look at who he is. He is the creator of all things. Look at the wonder of his character and how he cares and exercises his reign and rule with justice and love. But also we are to put our trust and we are blessed when we, our help and our hope is in God because of his gospel, his gospel. So you see there in verse eight, what does it say? The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord loves the righteous. Who are the righteous? What determines righteousness? Well, in this context, as we read this, it's not those with influence. It's not the princes. No, though the righteous are those who have been set free from the sin, from sin. Those who have been set free from the prison of sin and death, verse 7. The righteous are those who have had their eyes open to the reality of this world and the reality of God's grace. The righteous are those who have been bowed down, knowing that they don't deserve his love, but God has lifted them up. Folks, and the wonder of the gospel is that God will execute justice for the oppressed. The oppressed because of his name. Those who tell others about 
God and how good he is. Even though they are being oppressed, God will exercise justice for those people. Those who are righteous. Those who praise him. Those who make him known. And he feeds the righteous. Because it is the righteous, verse 7, that hunger after him and hunger after his word. And those who are righteous, those whose eyes have been opened to the reality of the world, this world, know that this is not their home and that they are passing through and they are waiting till the, Jesus returns to bring them home. He is watching over those sojourners, those passing through. He is watching over us, those who are righteous. And he upholds the vulnerable saints, of which we are all part of. We are all weak. We're all misunderstood. But the Lord loves us because he loves the righteous. See, he loves the righteous. But do you see there? The way of the wicked, verse 9, he brings to ruin. Who are they? Well, in this context, it's the princes. It's the people who believe that they are ultimate influence. It's those who believe that they are legends in their own lunchtime. It is those who don't see themselves as prisoners. Who don't recognize that they are bowed down and that they deserve God's judgment, not his grace. It is those who think that they have their eyes open but their eyes are completely shut and blind to the reality of this world and to the reality of God. He loves the righteous, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. He loves the humble, but those who have pride he will bring down. Folks, this is reason to praise. See, this is what moves our heart to praise. And the ultimate reason is because of the one who is leading the praise. There was a theologian writing about the Psalms in a commentary and he said that the Psalms when written were voices calling for a praise that was yet to be given. There were voices calling for a praise that was yet to be given. Yes, God's people praised him throughout the Old Testament. They sang and their lives, to some extent, reflected that. But that only happened in moments. Not always from the depth of their being. And often their lives did not reflect the praise they gave. In fact, often their lives reflected the complete opposite of praise. Until one man. One man who heard the Psalms being sung during Sabbath in a synagogue. And in particular, this Psalm. And this one man responded in a way no human being had ever responded to the invitation to praise the Lord and to make him known with his whole being. 
This one man responded to the call to praise with his whole life, not only as one who would praise, but also as one who created and one who would make a way for the bowed down, vulnerable prisoners to know God and also to praise him. That one man was Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus Christ. Folks, it is that what we need to hear when we talk about praise. Because no amount of exhortation or rally cry will move our hearts to praise. We need to hear the invitation to come and praise, not from a worship leader, not from a pastor, but rather from the only human being that has been able to praise the Lord with the whole of his being throughout every element of his life till his dying breath and in his new creation body. It's the one man, Jesus Christ. He's the only one who can truly call us to come and praise. See, the reason why the theologian said that the praise had not yet been given, because no one had started the praise until Jesus. Until Jesus. Folks, it's because of him and in him we can respond to the call of praise of this psalm. Of this psalm. It's because of him and being in him, we are able to respond with verse 2 to the invitation of verse 1. It's because of him we can say we will praise the Lord with the depth of our souls, with every element of our lives, until our lives have ended. Folks, it's because of him that we can respond to this praise. Folks, we can do this. Why? Because Jesus starts the praise. We don't need to be catalysts for it. He has already started. And he praises with his whole being. He is the one who has truly made the Father known to the world in what he said and how he lived. He is the one who has started the praise. Folks, it doesn't require... Michael or me or Paul or any of the elders or the leaders to stand up to, to call people to worship. Jesus has already started the praise. He is already making his father known and he invites us into it. Jesus starts the praise. And not only does Jesus start the praise, Jesus leads the praise. He is the one, Hebrews 2.12 says, says, tells us that he says this before the Father, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will sing praise. What Jesus is saying, I am in the midst of these people. And not only am I in the midst of these people, I will make your name known in the midst of this congregation as I start this praise and as I lead this praise. And not only does Jesus start the praise and lead the praise, it is Jesus who sustains the praise. Folks, we don't need to sustain it. Jesus does that. He who is making the Father known to the world, he who has all things subjected to him, he who will reign forever, verse 10. He is sustaining the praise. Folks, it doesn't need three chords. It doesn't need a hymn book. It doesn't even need a projector. Because Jesus is sustaining the praise of humanity 
to the Father. He is praising him and making him known because he, the Son, knows the Father. And in knowing the Father, he praises the Father. And in praising the Father, he makes the Father known. He sustains. And folks, it is Jesus who ultimately invites us to praise. It is Jesus who invites us to join with our souls, with our whole beings for as long as we live as he leads and sustains the praise. To praise. When we know the Father, we praise. And when we praise, we make him known. It is Jesus that starts the praise. Jesus who leads the praise. Jesus who sustains the praise. It is Jesus who invites us to praise. The question is, are we going to join the choir? Are we going to join the choir? Folks, it's like, have you seen a Mexican wave? Seen a Mexican wave? The Mexican wave always needs one person to start it. And they lift up their hands and woo. And then the next person will do it. And then the next person, and before you, you know it, there are thousands of people all standing. And you're on the other side of the stadium and you're thinking, am I going to stand? Am I going to stand? Am I going to do it? What am I going to do? See, it doesn't require you for that praise to continue. It doesn't require you for that praise to be sustained. It doesn't require you for that praise to start. It doesn't require you for, for that praise to, to be led. No, the praise is already happening. It is Jesus that has begun that wave. The question is, are you going to stand and raise your hands? The question is, are you going to praise the God who you say you know? Not only in singing, but also with your whole being and having a life that reflects that in how you tell others how good he is, both in your word, but also in your deed. The question is, are you going to join the choir? Folks, the reality is this, no year is ever a write-off. Why? Because Jesus is constantly leading the praise. Whatever the circumstances that we find ourselves in, as we move into 2021, folks, can I encourage us, let this be a year where we follow Jesus and praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, making him known and living lives that back it up, whatever the circumstances. And the reality of praise isn't if I feel like it. The reality of praise is objective fact that we as God's people know him, know the Father in and through the Son. And because we know him, we should want to praise with every ounce of our being, with our voice, with our arms, with, with our whole bodies, with our lives, with our resources, with our families, with our homes, with our time. And we should allow the praise of God to shape how we live and our priority should be to make him known as Jesus who starts that, who leads that, who sustains that, and who invites us to it. Folks, in 2021, are you going to join the choir? Cornerstone Church, will we be marked as a church? Yes, that are marked by grace, but we, will we be a church that is marked by praise? Not only in what happens in this beautiful building, but what happens in our streets, in our gospel communities, in our workplaces. Are we going to be marked as people who praise.
The wonderful thing about the gospel is this. As this ramp of praise that comes at the end of the psalm actually comes in the midst of real human experience. There are psalms of lament and there are psalms of brokenness and there are words that are given to us to even describe and to articulate our own feelings. Folks, this isn't fake empty positivity. No, this is the praise of God's people awaiting the return of our worship leader, Jesus. So folks, in 2021, let us praise the Lord. Let's praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Let's resolve to praise the Lord as long as we live and praise God while we have our being because he, the Lord, will reign forever your God, O Zion. And that is a call to all generations. Jesus invites us to praise the Lord. Folks, I hope and I truly pray that you have a happy 2021. That it will be a 2021 full of praise, hope, joy and trust in God. I want you to know that I love you, that the elders love you, and that we are constantly praying for you and seeking to lead you in the way of praise for the glory of Jesus and for the good of his church. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you and praise you that it is the Lord Jesus that calls us to praise. We thank you that we have you to put our trust in, we thank you so much that you would never fail us. And we thank you so much that you love us, those of us who are righteous because of your grace towards us. Be with each and every one of us as we enter into this new year. Help us to review last year with, with eyes that see the evidences of your grace. And I pray that we will be greatly encouraged to how you have moved. And I pray, Lord, that as we step into this new year of 2021, we will be a people marked by praise. Praise in our singing, praise in our lives, and that we will be people who make you known in every circumstances for your glory. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.